0: And welcome again to the wide world of war gaming, Age of Sigmar podcast. As always, uh, we are your hosts, Alex, John, uh, Garrett, and Jeremy. Uh, we are going to be going over the Lumineth book, like we talked about the other week. Um, you know, Lumineth—they're—they're uh, they're not that fun to play against. I'll be honest, but uh, Jeremy got two of the box sets, and uh, you know, he was—he was nice enough to be like, "Play with an army that works." So just like he gifted me one of the tomes so we have a few of the tomes here and you know we're we're going to be going over this today we're going to be t- talking about light elves high elves however you want to call them but before we do so john as always what's on your workbench
1: hey how's it going alex jeremy garrett oh good to see you guys this week um you know a few things on my workbench um continuing to dabble at my primaris marines i'm just down to the last couple models and uh now that I have a, a clear goal in mind for when the new edition of 40K comes out, uh, I know when I want to have all of those finished. Because when I get my Indomitus box set, going to build those new boxes, the cool Headhunter dude, and I don't want to have any uh, old Marines on my workbench uh, because of that. So uh, that's basically where I am. I also uh, went over to my friend Sean's house over the weekend at a good Fourth of July weekend and played a game of 40k using the new rules that are coming out, um, some leaks as well as the ones they published. And I also played on the new board size uh, with uh, a leaked mission. And uh, the game was fast, uh, brutal, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, basically we did uh, gray knights against ultramarines and uh, we had a lot of fun. That's about it for that. Not going to get into a battle report. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, it is playing with, with, you know, half-printed rules and stuff you've read once, there was a lot of, does this work that way? This seems weird. Oh, let's, let's just do this, you know, I, so. I, I
2: am curious how the new board size play. Yeah. Okay, so the way, so you might find this interesting. We were playing
1: with what would be the classic Dawn of War, which is, you know, each person in a strip along their long board edge. Well, the way the map is set up, it still declares 24 inches between the players, So it's not like we started closer together. It's just that our deployment zone itself was shorter. Now the width of the board was noticeable. Um, I think we would have normally had less interaction. So the way the game worked out is classic with any Age of Sigmar or 40K game is we had a game moving on two fronts, right? So he had a front against one of my fronts. I had another front against him. So it was a two-pronged game. And because of the narrower board, there was a little more cross interaction between the two fronts, then they probably would have been more separated on a bigger board. That, that was about the
2: only thing I noticed. That's one thing that I've been thinking about in actually with Aegis Sigmar that I think would actually be beneficial if Aegis Sigmar moved to the smaller board size. And I've been- Which rumor has it we up. are yeah um just when is the question um and that so i'm curious to see how 40k is going to play because i was thinking about it, i'm like just that like yeah the two inch the four inches narrower here yeah whatever no difference but the, the 12 inches narrower there it's like you know teleporting shenanigans are less impactful and yeah. like you're gonna moving from one quarter to the next is better is easier to do so slower armies are less punished i don't know just something I've been thinking about, and I, I like the idea. I actually in, enjoy the idea of pondering a smaller part.
1: Well, yeah, and i with you. So far, so far, I enjoyed it. Uh, just a, basically a single game of it, and we'll see, see where it takes me for there. Now, um, because I have been getting a little excited about this kind of stuff, I uh, haven't paid as much uh, attention to the Age of Sigmar as stuff was coming out. I, too, ordered the Lumineth set. I too am looking forward to it. And I too was looking forward to talking about it today as it was supposed to arrive yesterday, but instead my uh, Lumineth set is going to arrive tomorrow. uh, So nothing for me to see or look at. So uh, another casualty of COVID, another casualty (laughs) of COVID. So that that's pretty much what's on my workbench. Like I said, play some 40 K enjoy some stuff and drinking a, uh, uh, where is it? There we are a nice Stella tonight, just something light and, easy on the palette. So uh, with that, uh, Mr. Garrett, what have you been up to?
2: Uh, hobby-wise, not a whole lot. Uh, doing a lot of reading and research uh, with all the leaks from General's Handbook. Uh, getting excited for Age of Sigmar again. Re- I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy summer. We got a new General's Handbook that will help hopefully reinvigorate the game and shake things up a bit. And Ninth edition 40K. So I'm kind of like... Oh, like I was hoping to play a bit of ninth before the GHB was supposed to come out in August, but I guess we're getting the GHB right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so I've been actually like looking. I, I got a couple of Stormcast models from a buddy of mine to help with my living city, and I've actually been looking at going full blown Stormcast with the new points drops that are released for Stormcast. Um, so I've been playing around with a bunch of lists with that, and just honestly, just doing a lot of reading and researching getting pumped for uh, the new GHP. Uh, so other than that, not a whole lot. Uh, just, just kind of relaxing and uh, getting ready for what's to come. And uh, I, I'm drinking, I don't know if I've talked about the Busky Cider that they're down in Richmond. Over to them, and this is Ride the Current. It has black currants in addition uh, to their apples. Uh, it's quite tasty, so. Yeah, that's that's all for me, uh, Jeremy. Uh, I heard I've heard some fun things about you and Alex and Luminev.
3: Yeah, let's uh, let's just say that let's, let's, let's pause on that topic for a second. <laughs> I am drinking uh, LaCroix tonight <laughs>
0: because uh,
3: Luminev enlightened me on uh, the many wrongs in my
1: life and uh,
3: need to enjoy a more uh, carbonated wine. Furthest uh, out, uh, you know, oh. because uh, because uh, you know they're sending me uh, on the straight edge and narrow. No, I'm kidding. This army is fucking
2: bullshit. <laughs>
3: uh, no, I. We played a. That's my workbench. Was that I, I assembled uh, two boxes full of luminif. Um, not that I, you know. Unfortunately, still require a lot of proxying since not, not all the models are out yet. Uh, I will say that the the kits themselves are um, beautiful. The spears are really, really fucking long. Uh, and I think everybody already knew that. Uh, it's cool that they're exactly three inches reach, which is what they have in the book as well. So that's a cool old homage to uh, to it. No, uh, but uh, there's not a lot of ways to like change their pose though. Like it's not a push fit kit, but it's basically like, there's only like one way to assemble each model and it's two sets of five and they they're the exact same set five poses. Yeah, uh, same with the cavalry, the Dawn Riders, uh, which are by far my favorite unit uh, model from the uh, the, the release. Uh, that's why I'm trying to always sneak in five of them in a list if I can, because they're not exactly like they're good. They're just like, you know, they're just better. Right? Not, not as, as efficient, but they're cool. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're but they're cool. Um, uh, we're going to talk a lot more about Luminif later, so I'm not going to talk too much about the games. You can go watch them. They're posted on the the our our Twi- our Twitch profile or my Twitch profile. Uh, and you will be Oh, you recorded
0: them? Well, they're always recorded
3: <laughs> for like a week or like how long ever long they last there. Uh,
0: and you can enjoy Okay, well the one before Alex's this one was full, just not appropriate. Glorious meltdown. Uh, no, no, no. I had a meltdown two games ago. Two games ago. Yeah, well, okay, we'll call it. The we'll um, last one, I knew it was happening. And I actually meltdown. rolled down.
1: <laughs> oh, so you're saying you had three meltdowns in a row. One of them was really big.
0: <laughs> no, I did pretty good. good. <laughs> so, game, turn one and two. Oh, wait. My- <laughs>
3: but for, for the audience, uh, I still plan on playing Carrot on Overlord if I can actually go to any events this fucking year. Uh, and uh, I'm excited for the GHB drop and uh, see what, it's going to happen. I'm really excited for missions. I'm, I'm hoping uh, secondary missions op, uh, will give uh, KO like a bit more ability to win games other than, uh, you know, basically, do I kill you and uh, did you sit on objectives by winning in- initiatives? Okay, cool. Like maybe I'll have a shot. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I will say though, uh, it's looking more and more like a, based on the Lumina book that carried on Overlord will have a very strong position in the meta just because of how the last few books have come out. Uh, So that's something to look forward to. But uh, Alex, what's on your uh, salt bench? I mean, workbench.
0: I can probably sell salt for some, you know, I don't know, fuck it. Um, Well, right now I got the (laughs) limited Battle Tome in my hand as I've been looking down and, you know, listening in. Um, My workbench has been uh, Necrons. I am basically pretty consigned to the idea of painting my OBR theme as my new, new dynasty for all my new rounds. But the question is whether or not I base coat black or primer with then a Vallejo very light silver and then start going from there or just go with a lead belter spray primer and then just go from there. Um, I made my first test model on Immortal just with the lead belter, and I have two uh, converted um Ledge guard that I'm uh, doing as well with lead bilstor spray, but I'm starting to realize that the 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 color is what I want, but it's also very dark, mo- a very dark model, which even makes it just difficult to uh, to photograph. So part of me is considering just redoing doing it more test models in different ways, so that the base coat with a very bright silver might end up looking a little bit better. Um, especially since, you know, my OBR, uh, it, they don't, you know, one looks clearly like a very different hue and it's because of the base coats because the base coat for my OBR is all like gracier, for example. So, and, and, and iron, iron, um, or lead belcher is a very like dark neutral metallic tone. Um, so, but, uh, outside of the workbench, uh, yeah, you know, we got that game in. We actually got the full game. Well, we, all, we, we did priority for round four. Round one and two were great for me. Um, as I concluded against OBR, OBR's armor saves or Petrafex armor saves or whatever literally don't matter when you're fighting, uh, when you're going up against Luminaf because Luminif doesn't give a fuck about your armor save because they're just going to do mortal wounds to you. So I thought, hey, what if I bring more bodies and just bring Nighthaunt and sure, I have an ethereal save, which is a worse than OBR, but again saves don't matter. They don't give a shit about your saves. I going to listen to you you think you have a save that matters against limit. You don't. Just stop. Just stop. I know that you're thinking Alex you're wrong. You know what? You can think that. You're allowed to think I'm wrong, but the truth and reality is is that you're wrong. So just go to sleep knowing that. But that being said, uh, yeah, what you know, I'm
2: hearing I- is uh Chaos Warriors with five up saves against
0: mortal wounds.
2: They have a save.
0: Yes, exactly. So so like um you know, I would love to see how a gloom spike gets army works against them, especially, specifically Jeremy's list. I would actually be very curious because you could put a bunch of bodies out. Um, I still think that they would just eat through them though, but you know, you gotta have some sort of specific regrow mechanic, I think, in order to really, really, really make it work. Uh, with, with the army, um, I didn't charge, put my entire uh, army out there turn one. Uh, it was a, a variation of my night haunt list. So I also was playing with units I'd never played with ever before. Um, you know, I played with Kurtos, the Craven King, because we we played one of the new GHB missions. Um, what was it called? It was called Forcing the Hand. Uh, it was one where we have not gotten leaks for the missions yet, us personally, but when you're on the Games Workshop website and you're pre-ordering the General's Handbook, they have a photo that you can just zoom in and it's a match play. It is the one of the match play missions that's brand new forcing the hand, uh, which is, yeah, which is three objectives on either side in a diagonal format um, without you having the visual, it gets a little tricky here, but essentially in each player turn, you have to uh, each objective, each of the six objectives are worth one point. But when it's like your player turn or my player turn, the opposing player then tells you which one of their objectives in their territory is your priority objective and if you hold it in their territory at the end of your turn, that's three points. So, uh, you know, I, I had a really good kind of turn two, I would say, it was actually not that bad for me. I kept, he gave me first turn because he had way less drops. Um, I brought the, um, the Shroud Guard as well as the Dolores Guard, the one that um, lets hex Hexwraith pass, pass wounds over to the general on a two up, or, or be able to take wounds on a two up. Um, You know, I rolled a bunch of 10 inch charges on turn two and kind of locked some certain things in place. And I did okay, but then the problem was like, there were some new Hottish dice rolls and and like we talked about in the dungeon. The Dungeon, I already know how certain games are gonna go. But uh, in the end, he did not have a lot of things left on the table. I didn't have a a lot of things on the table. So I actually played more, I played more successfully than I had with my OBR by like leaps and bounds with units I had never played with before. So by the end, by the time I called it, uh, basically I had nothing in my back end that could protect my objectives, no matter which one of my three objectives I chose. And he could just double move tech lists and just score each objective. Um, I I had everything on his end, but we had no models left. So so Jeremy had the light of Ethereum, one cavalry left from the CAV unit, and then I think maybe seven or eight wardens and And a cathalar. And a catalar and techless And techless. <laughs> uh, so he had he had like saying, solid, is gone. So he had like ten or eleven models left in his army. I had when when I called it, I had like seven ch uh dreads, No, no, not the not the heritans. I don't think I had that. I think I just had my characters. I think I had um Treadblade Harrow. X-ray. Five hex Five hex five hexrays, wraiths, harrow, um, uh, Kurtos uh, yeah yeah, all my heroes uh, Reikonor and then Reikonor yeah, General right. Kurdos, yeah. five Hex Wraiths yeah so we had like similar amount of, of models left on the table I think you maybe had like three or four more than me but at that point there was just nothing I could do because there's no way I was going to get uh, beat, uh, destroy the light of Ethereum and I knew that I wouldn't be able to get certain powers off so like the, the game was over the game was over but um we were you know, we, we were. It was a better game than my OBR, and I think that my specific OBR list just can't deal with Lumineth, which means it needs to change. <laughs> I was even considering, dare I say it, crawlers, uh, just to see, <laughs> snipe, just to see if you can snipe out the Cathalar because he's got, she's got a five-up save, and she's only five wounds, and sure, like it's minus one to hit. Okay, instead of hitting on a two-up, it hits on a three-up. Like in this instance. One crawler or two crawlers is actually really great because, as we're going to talk about in this episode today, uh, it's shocking how one model in the army that's not even allowed in every aspect, so so to speak. Uh, you know, I could be wrong about that. Um, but you are wrong. Model, that. Don't worry about it. I am wrong <laughs> about that. Okay, great. It's not like an Avalar or whatever. Um, so one model in this army that's not even that's a lukewarm profile actually has several abilities not only in its war scroll that are useful, but the innate abilities of the allegiance specifically spotlights the Calathar, and it's shocking um, because it's because it's also shocking in the fact that it invalidates your army. I, I will say and as I said before you know we've we've witnessed Lumineth play certain games already we've seen them on games workshops videos um, our viewers have seen the videos that should probably be deleted off of twitch. And uh, <laughs> and I mean, J- uh, Garrett, you just ran a TTS tournament. You uh, you know the other day, we saw that Greg had a luminous list. It was a sentinel heavy list, and I saw that one of his games was just like a complete blowout against him. But it looks like he did pretty well against his opponents. Um, and he brought a lot of sentinels and not a lot of wardens. So he brought a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the bowmen and almost no spearmen. So I'm thinking. Uh, a two-to-one ratio for wardens to sentinels is probably going to end up what's going to be like the, the bee's knees. Um, it, they are awful. They are a nightmare model to, to put together. I, I looked and examined the model, uh, the models that Jeremy had put together. I will say for all of our listeners out there who are building their lumineth, though, if you are so concerned that in transport or whatever, they're going to break off, you notice that a little bit before halfway up the pike, there's a little notch. There's a little like uh, design notch. It's not like a special little grip or anything on the model. It's just a weird little notch, and I feel like that's there, almost like Games Workshop knew that it was too long because I get the feeling like you could easily cut that notch because it's already a notch, and that's where it's going to break off if it breaks at all. And then you could probably just put the spearhead on there, and it'll cut the spear in half, which aesthetically might not be as appealing, but it'd be convenient. You can still use it at that point. What? And- so just pin it. No, no, it's too small to pin. Too small to pin. I've already <laughs> seen the hand. It's tiny little elf hands. Um, you're gonna need. You're gonna need a. Uh, you're gonna need a metrologist to deal with that. You're gonna need someone with the tools. <laughs> I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you some
3: context for the audience. No matter what you're doing, because of shining company battalion or shining company formation, Venaris get those wardens it's so hard to not bump them when you're removing casualties where people are piling in or like, and you're like, you have to be in base to base with two of your other models in your unit to be in shining company.
1: John, get off mute. John, John, you're, you're on mute.
3: <laughs> get on mute. Uh, oh,
1: well, I was trying not to make too much noise here.
3: Uh, well, we, you're making noises visually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, they were just such a pain in the ass to like, like if and and I know there's gonna be one guy at a tournament. He's like, "Wow, that model's not in base to base now." So
0: it's oh yeah, you're gonna like, encounter that
3: shining, for, uh, shining company formation. I'm like, yeah, because like you like it got bumped. Like the it's so hard to like maintain those models into like that. Like once they're actually in combat with things, like it's easy when you're in the game, but like the instant they're in
0: combat, like their spears are just so obnoxiously long. I'll tell you right now, play, playing, so with Nighthaunt 2, certain Nighthaunt models are a nightmare to move, but at least you, you're you not in a shining company. So like when, when we were playing our game, if my lo- if like a Revenant got knocked over because they are spindly models, we could just be like, okay, well, it's one of coherency. He was right there. It's not a big deal. But that's where it's going to be kind of tricky in a tournament setting because, yeah, you, you have to be in fully base-to-base. But now Jeremy moved one of his models and accidentally hit four of them and now five models are out of their, you know, exact it's, position. It's just it's it's because they, they did something stupid in the rule. They added, like, you
3: have to check if you're in Shining Company after casualties. When they should have just said, like, because they way they worded it is, you check at the end of every move. And after you remove casualties, they just removed that portion of the casualty component. <laughs> it made oh the God. Cool so much easier to use because you be like, cool, like, I'm bumping myself out of like shining company casualties, like, but then at the end of the turn when I get to pile in or uh, and so forth, I can like bump myself back into shining company formation. But like, it's just I don't know. It, it's it's so a pain, like
0: it's a pain in the ass. It's, that led me to a conclusion real quick. Any sort of spell or ability that lets you remove a model, kind of like in uh, uh, entomb yeah. ability, like yeah. or yeah. the whole yeah. stare down ability. Uh, yeah. It's perfect against them. Because you'd be like, oh, let's do that one model that if I remove it, you're no longer in Shining Company. Oh, 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 you're not in Shining Company yeah,
3: anymore. It's just never going to oh. happen unless it's like midway through the game because they're usually in two ranks anyways. It's like, it's, yeah. it's it's hard to do it, but it could be done effectively. So if uh, you
0: have your local business that has those little slots that where where they're not separate models for each one, they're like all together, um, the little yeah. rank, the rank. I mean, you yeah.
3: I mean, have to get some... Uh, it just also makes it easier to like pick him up and like turn him around so the spears aren't facing your opponent because like it's impossible for some people to put their models in
1: base, base Oh, Danger Garrett over there. This yeah, might be the best second. video ever. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh, and he survived. That's it.
0: You mean you mean these ones? Adults? Yeah, ones like those. Ones like those, but like in two ranks and longer. Oh, that, yeah,
1: that, I, I couldn't tell if that was
3: like a line that breaks them in half or. Uh, okay, no, it's good. It's just like on the drawn. Yeah, something
2: like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, that I, this, would help, this would help. This would help I'm guessing.
3: Well, kind of. The problem, see, is that it, the edge is too thick. It like there needs to be literally base to base for the edges. Uh, like on the peri- on the outside. Oh no, the outside doesn't matter. Uh, it's all about the inside. They all have to be touched. Yeah, the inside's fine, but like you can I'm not gonna be able to get
0: like one one big one that's like modular for me to do this. <laughs> you will you will. I've looked them up. I I okay. promise you. I can send you some links later tonight. Um because I was looking at some for my OBR uh, for totally different reasons, not face to base, but I saw them. Um but you know, Luminath, they're really strong. And this, of course, is what we're gonna talk about today. You know, Luminath, looking over the book, it is. It is a pretty book, I got a little salty because I noticed that the special, I didn't realize it, John corrected me, but I noticed that it's got some gold at the end. Oh my God. Okay, you know what, you guys aren't gonna see that. Uh, so yeah, we got some, it's got gold end on the on the, the pages. Apparently, uh, Scapellant one does as well. The special edition ones just have that. Yep. Um, you know there's a lot of information about you know the the story and all that, and we can go through that in a different time, in a different setting, in a different program. But you know, the interesting thing is, and and I didn't really believe it beforehand, and Jeremy's even mentioned it prior to us recording today about how it's not a full full book, right? And yeah, it doesn't have a lot of units, but neither does, you know, Deepkin, neither does uh, OBR, but really I'm looking at Deepkin when I say that because Deepkin is a full battle tome and they never made like a part two to Deepkin, but uh, This one is heavily hinting at It not being a full tome like it gives well, you what, the full what rundown What specifically,
1: just, is it just the number of units that makes you think that or because well, when you look at the story a... Yeah, oh, okay
0: When you look at the story, you know, of course when everyone saw Tyrion or Techlist, everyone thought where's Tyrion, right? and in the story they start talking constantly about how Tyrion and Teclas this, Tyrion and Teclas that, two sides of the same soul. They specifically mention that a lot. Yeah, and then okay. when you look at the map of uh, Hish, you know, and they mentioned this in the, the article at Warhammer Community, but maybe they didn't name each each continent in Hish. but you know, there's four continents in Hish on, in the Battle Tome or I mean, I mean in in the in terms of rules in the Battle Tome but uh, there's actually nine different regions, not four. So, you know, there's SIR and the America or whatever it is called, but then there's 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 five more that are not listed. And then when you go into the breakdown of each kind of like the, the organization of how like a typical army looks like, like all the modern battle tomes, you know, you go through it's not gonna so work. It,
3: um, no it's okay on this i can't really see it on that there's effectively uh this page that explains the different like spirit temples of uh the Luminaf in here
0: i'll do one, uh, do your one better pull, pull the page one before um top top uh, yeah, exactly
3: yeah so there's like uh this little like force organization chart which is like same thing as the stormcast chambers so this is just the mountain the layer the mountain people so this includes the stone guards and like the, the the mountain cows, and then behind is all the other elements, which is river, zenith, which is wind effectively, uh, and uh, and river water. Uh, sorry, sorry, zenith, wind, river. So we uh, there's like effectively four more or three more temples which have not been released uh, uh, into this battle tome, and I, I have a strong feeling that this book, and in fact, like it's not even called battle. It's not even called battle tome. Luminifer Realm, Realm Lords. It's just called Luminifer Realm Lords. It's not called Battle Tome. Um, so probably we'll be getting another like more com- compendium book after the campaigns get done and reveal like the other like basically uh, uh, units and so forth. But there is a lot more. Um, there will be a lot more uh, effectively uh, parts of the uh, of the army releasing at some point in the near future. Uh, cool lore fact. So Teclis is dead. Like, Teclis is just dead from the old world. Teclis in this book is, we're not quite actually sure what he is because Tyrion actually wakes up, finds on Ish, is by himself, goes exploring, finds, like, the spirit of Ish in a sense, or the whatever, the, you know, Selenar. uh, And uh, all of a sudden he wakes up and, like, Teclis is there. And it's basically hinted like, like he basically forged Teclas out of like Tyrion's soul. So tech this version of the Teclas isn't really Teclis kind of. Like it's just weird. Like like it's it's so Tyrion is actually the one that survived. Uh and is technically the true god of uh ish, not like in a sense. Well, he's um,
0: been split remember they keep on mentioning two side two halves of the same soul. So I think that his his body was is like spirit or whatever was split in half and yeah.
3: one half is and one half is Tyrion. It, it's just uh you know, for you know, for all the kind of like, why does the Elves get two gods? Well, technically three, Valerial, but really it's just Tackless. Tech- oh, Tyrion. they get five. You're missing oh, two. No, they get four. Four, Ma- uh what um, Morathi uh, uh, doesn't five. count. She's not an actual real god. Remember? She's part of the pantheon.
0: She's, she's part, even listed uh, in the uh, book no, as part was of the pantheon. Banned from
3: the panty and the pantheon. She's not part
0: of the pantheon. Okay, she was banned after whatever, but in the she uh, She's of men. not
2: the ruler of a realm. Yeah. Like Elario is the god of the Gyron and Valerion is the god of um Ooh. Olgu. Yep. And then you got and Mal- then it's like yeah. why does Hi- what does Hish have two gods? I guess what Yeah, and bodies. it's really just one god. It's,
0: it's on you. He's just got a separate server.
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and um, yeah, which is it's no the, the they flushed out the lore a lot. I like the lore in the book a lot for Illuminif. They did a good job on uh, on that. They're still basically traditional uh, <clears throat> elf forty k <40K> Eldar rule <clears throat> uh storyline, which is basically the elves like are like too basically uh, self indulgent, and then all of a sudden shit happens, and then they're like, oh well, maybe we should change our ways. And, then, <laughs> and that's the same. They same same lore, same lore. Um, I did not remember reading a little too many pieces of lore in there about them and the Deepkin because the only faction they can ally with is Deepkin, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> it make any sense? Because,
0: yeah, because no Deepkin
3: hate Teclis right? Yeah, the Deepkin hate Teclis completely. Uh, him. And uh, that's because he, you know, tried to kill. In fact, well, Tyrion was the Teclis tried to kill them. Tyrion was the one like. Stayed his hand, basically. He made a bunch of
0: muffins. He was supposed to leave them in at three hundred and fifty degrees for fifty-five minutes. He put them in. For, he took them out after twenty minutes and just left them there. So, don't
3: know why, but we'll, I guess I'll eventually find out why. Um, but the reason what I find that's cool is that this is the first order faction that does not have Stormcast as an ally.
0: Yeah, uh, that Seraphon? was weird to me. And that's the Seraphon? first one? Do, do Seraphon uh, not have Stormcast? No, I'm pretty sure they me, do. Me I, they not I mean, I I thought someone had said that. The power of the
2: internet. So, S- Seraphon are able to uh, ally with, you yeah, know. I'm not going to say uh, that. Yeah, gonna, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, Seraphon can. No. Seraphon are able to
3: ally with Stormcast. So, yeah, so wow. this is the first order. And like I said, this might just be because this is not a full battle tome. This is just this kind of like, half release of uh Luminef or like a quarter of release of Luminef. anyway um still no data today when uh the rest of the models are going to come out we still don't know when techless is going to come out it's probably going to be around thanksgiving at this rate because of 40k uh 40k ninth edition release um but i kind of want to take like pick, jump back into like one that started talking about the units instead of like the book itself, and because you know this yeah, is a competitive game. this is a competitive podcast. so oh, real quick,
0: real quick. I, I do find it interesting that they literally name off different things that aren't like different units. Like they mention like a whole yeah, yeah. wizard cast that yeah, they, like is not in a, in like a sub faction rule or in like a unit rule. So they mentioned like several different like types of wizards that yeah. are illuminaminath that are just like legit not in this they're, book. So like, it, it's yeah. also, like,
3: it's clear, like, the other thing, too, is, like, so they have one of the big things, like, Luminev have is in this release is there, um, there is, uh, let's see, Light of Ethereum, Teclis, Avalon Ore, uh, the Cathlar, and the Stone Mage. So there's five heroes, but only two of them are not unique heroes, meaning that only two of them can be given commentaries and relics, and they mm. both have their own table. Great. Oh, what's the third one? The battle cattle, the generic battle cattle. It's not a hero. It's just a monster. Oh, it's not a hero. As he furiously <laughs> looks one. through, the only one that's a hero is Avalonor, the special, the special cow. Um, it's
2: like a tree lord. Tree lords aren't no, a no,
0: no. He's not even. Alan's spirit of the mountain, is not a hero keyword. No, holy shit. Not a hero.
3: So they, the only two models that can be given traits uh, and, uh, and, and artifacts are the Stone Mage and the Cathol right now, and some of the let's be honest, some of the like some of the artifacts for from the Great Nations really do not work well with those two heroes whatsoever. <laughs> some of them do, but like some of them are like, hey, it makes this weapon like basically better, and you're like. They both have terrible weapons. This does literally nothing. They both um,
0: got
2: bong sticks. Bong sticks don't get better.
3: It's just like it, it. It. It just feels like they were designed with other types of heroes that could take them, but they just. That's the only two we get right
2: now. It, it reminds me when the General's Handbook came out with the Darkling Coven's allegiance trait, and it was like, oh yeah, you can get this weapon, that this artifact that'll make your weapons have like extra damage, and it's like. You, you mean my Sorceress? Because you, you stripped out every other dark, uh, dark Elf hero. It's just the Sorceress. Yeah. Th- thank you, GW. My Sorceress oh. can get one extra damage on its one attack weapon.
0: So let's take a look here. Okay, we had mentioned in the previous episode that, um, you know, the allegiance abilities for Lumineth, you know, we've already got most of them uh, already previewed. You know, we have the Aether Quartz, right? The, the one where we can use it at the start of any battle uh, or start of any phase, um, yep. We usually start with one, but there is a nation that allows you to start with two for each yeah, person. Yeah, uh, one for every unit. Exactly. One for every I unit in your army. Um, the four different things you can use uh, your Aether Courts for are um, at the... Um, you can re-roll save rolls, uh, add, or add one to save rolls, rather. You can add one to save rolls. You can, um, if, you're cho- if you're choosing to shoot or fight... You can add one to hit rolls for attacks made by the unit until the end of the phase. Um, yeah. Magical boost, which is uh, either add one to the casting roll or re-roll that casting roll, and then magical insight, which is uh, you can att- if you're a spellcaster, which they all are, you'll be able to cast oh, yeah, an additional all. spell.
3: Yeah, stone guard are not wizards. Neither uh, are they. Almost cats.
0: all. Almost all. Yeah. Which um, is and then a
3: crucial component but exactly
0: and you know i want to save uh, my least favorite for last but then there is of course lightning reactions that we know about where when a unit is uh, uh, eligible to attack in the combat phase you can immediately select another pardon me lumen a unit that is not yet attacked so we know those two right uh we also have and they actually have a really good designer's note they do say that the ability uses uh, applies to units that fight during the combat phase so it can't be some sort of out of sequence attacks um, which hints at maybe some something like the line. combat
2: phase, end of the combat phase, or during the hero phase. Well, they're, exactly. they're, they're basically trying to remove abuse, where it's like you use the Realm of Hish Command ability and be like, I'm going to strike at the start of the combat phase, exactly. and then, oh wait, I have two guys strike at the start. No, it's
0: like, no. No, you're no. not
2: activating four units, you're activating three. Three, exactly.
0: yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, th- there is my, there is my <laughs> least favorite one here, and it's called Absorb Despair, Right. So there's that article uh, uh, last week that, where it was just like uh, uh, the Calath or it was the, the, um, the wizard. And it was like, do you know that Lumineth can weaponize sadness? So uh, it says, if a friendly unit, uh, if a friendly unit uses its Aether Quartz reserve while wholly within 18 inches of a friendly Calathar, you can pick one of the Calathars within 18 inches of that unit and say that they will absorb negative energy. The Calathor cannot absorb a negative energy more than once per phase. Now, as we mentioned with the Aether Quartz, something that I failed to mention at the start is when you use your Aether Quartz for one of those abilities, an additional spell to cast, plus one to your saves, reroll ones to cast or, or add one to cast or reroll a casting, and then reroll ones to hit. Uh, if you use any of those items for your Aether Quartz you are permanently minus one bravery for the remainder of the game, that unit that used the Aether Chords. So you can avoid that if you're wholly within uh, 18 of a calathar. But then, if a calathar absorbs negative energy, so if you avoid your friendly unit from becoming permanently minus one bravery, you can then weaponize that, and instead of subtracting one from the unit's bravery characteristic, you can pick one enemy unit within—not wholly within, but within 18 inches of the Calathar—and if you do so, subtract one from that uh, the enemy unit's bravery characteristic uh, until the rest of the uh, you know at, until the end of the battle. And it can't be uh, affected; an uh, enemy unit can't be affected by that ability more than once per phase. Which means that turn by turn, you can stack minus one uh, minus braveries. Because of this mechanic. Yep. Yeah. Now uh, you know we have. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, I mean
3: it's, it just works. Uh, if you're going to explore that mechanic, and you preface it, go straight into the cathar. You might as well.
0: We might as well go straight into the cathar. And really, for our listeners out there, you know, when it comes to battle traits and you know, uh, uh, you know, spell wars for the most part a lot of these aren't necessarily going to be really all that relevant. And you're not going to see a lot of them either. Um, one thing before talking about the cath- Cathalar, there is a, um, there is a spell. Teclis knows every single spell. He knows all six lores from the lore of Hish. He knows all six uh, lores from the lore of the high peaks, which are the mountain lores, which means that we're also going to get a river, a sky, uh, and, uh, you know, th- we're going to get multiple lores here, right? So In he's going to uh,
2: know 24 spells
0: likely i don't know to tell you um but one of them is gonna be oh boy jeremy you want to help me out but which one is the one that i'm looking for the real the real bummer there, one. There,
3: which he has two war scroll spells one of them is an aoe 18 inch uh, um five of shrug permanent
0: minus two bravery or, 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 or voice- minus two bravery for the time
3: for its voice of the mountain is under the mountain lore, and it's a minus two bravery during the luminous turn for everybody on the t- or every enemy unit on the table, and minus one bravery after your turn until your next hero phase during a, a holy apply to the table. Hey, in our game,
0: who is casting crippling vertigo against me? No one. You you used it. To- <laughs> no which one.
3: Which one did you use? Cathlar, the Cathlar War Scroll spell oh
0: got it got it got it got it crippling vertigo okay. is the worst
3: version of the cathlar spell because the cathlar spell prevents attacks vertigo uh, just prevents movement
0: mm, yeah too bad it would have balanced things out so um, so because techless knows so this is how the strategy works right this is where we get that feel bad mechanic can, can we so, just appreciate the gotcha
3: ah fuck
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so that is a, that is, that is a gotcha so <laughs> uh, um, ambush failed uh, Voice of the Mountains is very specific. And remember, Taklas is in this army, specifically the one that Jeremy was running. So this is why we think that this is kind of like a broken what the hell was Games Workshop thinking kind of mechanic. Like if you're playing Lumineth and you run this type of army, you will never get favorite sport or, or, or favorite opponent because you're going to make your opponent feel so bad. Right? Oh
3: yeah, I never get in anyway. So
0: yeah, well, huh. it's fine. It's fine. Uh,
3: play the fluffiest list and I wouldn't get in anyway. With
0: so. Voice of the Mountains, it's casting value 6, successfully cast you subtract two from the bravery characteristic of enemy units. That's just table-wide. It doesn't say table-wide. It just says you subtract two from uh, the bravery for every uh, enemy units. Then, until your next phase, subtract one from the bravery characteristic of enemy units instead. Which means that as long as you just re-up it on your turn, your opponent's just pretty much always going to be minus two bravery. Um, or minus yeah. one. Not counting any sort of permanent absorbed despair bravery debuff that they already yeah. might have throughout the game, really important for you guys to note that. There's a
3: bunch of bravery (laughs) mechanics, yes.
0: Yes, Yes. so, you know, the Sincari Calathar, she's not all that, she's pretty pretty sensitive to to combat, right? She's five wounds, five up save. Bravery seven, six inch move, uh, has uh, one attack that hits on four, wound on two, no run, D3 damage. Very much like old school wizard from old battle tones, right? She's got her, uh, abilities that are emotional transference. So at the start of the battle shock phase, you can choose a friendly luminous unit with wholly within 18 and on a two up, they just don't take battle shock. Just don't take battle shock on a two up. If you're, if you're holding within 18 of her, that's really helpful. And, uh, if you, uh, if you do, um, if any models from your units are slain during that turn, you can also pick one enemy unit within 18 inches of the model and uh, that has to take a battle shot test. And if you do, you can add the number of models to that friendly unit that were slain during that turn to the modified battle shock of your enemy unit. So let's say Jeremy's playing John. And John has storm vermin that suddenly do a butt ton of damage. Let's it's say they kill it
3: a prophetical example let's just use what happened in our game i you killed seven warden uh, seven orilian wardens during your during uh, your turn uh and i killed like one night haunt revenant and that yes. Yes, yes 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 one i killed one uh and i bas- they were debuffed by permanently by the Cathar because i used an either quartz. So they were already minus 1 and then there were another minus 1 because of voice of the mountain been active during your turn um and when the Cathalar made its two up save to make the, the wardens ignore Battleshock, I was able to push the seven casualties to your battle uh, Battleshock test. So you were at a CP at the time, I believe, uh, because you had to take another Battleshock test. It was almost equally as bad uh, and you only had one CP. So you, you chose to um, not spend on that unit. But then, so basically instead of a like, you know, Bravery 10 unit, that's like, oh, I lost one guy. I don't care about Battleshock. Oh, you're negative two, I don't care about battle shock either. And then all of a sudden, like another like negative seven on top of that. And all of a sudden, like, oh my God, now I care about battle shock. And that's that's what the cathar is. It just makes units that typically shouldn't care too much about battle shock, if they're not immune to it. All of a sudden there's a risk like, oh my god, I'm going to care about this battle
0: shock. So that's incredibly that's incredibly uh annoying <laughs> so so to, to review you can if you are the Lumineth player and you took way more casualties than your opponent if you've already permanently debuffed someone's bravery and you've killed at least one model that you know neuters your your unit you can essentially make them lose so many different mo- units without having to do anything this is just an innate ability of yeah. the cathari Kal- Ka- uh, the Sinkar- Scenario Sin- Kalathar, bat bat. yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just an innate ability that it has, and so not only do you have the weaponized sadness ability, which is free—you don't have to roll for it—you uh, just have to use Aether Courts for it. Not only do you have that, which buffs your army and immediately debuffs your opponent, but you also have this ability where when you take Battle Shock on a two-up, you are immediately buffing and debuffing your, uh, uh, buffing yep. your army and debuffing your opponent at the exact yep. same time. Uh, to yes. almost a more extreme degree. And in addition to that, they ha- they're a wizard, they know one spell, and their spell is the one that also kind of puts the, the icing on the cake. Uh, I would expect this army to see a complete change when their battle tome comes out because this is just uh, having a hundred did like it because he felt too uh, brave. brave. <laughs> no, Garrett, Garrett, <laughs> you're a third party here. Can you, you tell me how you feel about all this all at once? Um, you know, we have this thing Darkness of the Soul is casting value seven. Pick an enemy unit uh, within 18 inches of the caster, until uh, at the end of the hero phase, roll 2d6, the, the Lumina player will roll 2d6, each time the uh, enemy unit makes a normal move, uh, charge move, uh, shoots, or fights. Um, uh, if you beat that bravery characteristic, which has been heavily modified now, um, the unit can't perform an action that phase. So not only are you making them minus three, minus two minimum, but three, four, five bravery, you're also just rolling two dice against it. And if you beat that, that your opponent's unit isn't doing anything. You know, it could be a keeper of secrets. It could be 40 more tech guard. It could be whatever. And uh, yeah. How do you feel about that? Um,
2: I, I I mean, I have to agree with Alex here because uh, I, I mean, I'm always in the camp of looking for uh, rules and things that are um, by, like what negative play experiences, basically things that will cause an average player, not exactly a competitive player, uh, you know, a balls to the wall, like just a win at all, cosplayer, whatever you want to call them. But the average player who's just like, I brought my, you know, normal, I wanted to play a normal game versus this normal person. This kind of rule is like, I don't get the play. You straight up just made my unit not attack i don't get the like you're not playing anymore
0: you don't get so the play, is, and if you and if you kill something of his and you you kill a lot of it to finally get some success after passing through their plus one armor save and their shrug um you now actually take the brunt of being in combat despite you winning combat because of their debuffs I mean, abilities on that, top of that, all of
2: that 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 to me is actually kind of a neat mechanic that one doesn't bother me as much um yeah it's it's very much a gotcha and you gotta like watch out for it it definitely makes hordes a lot better yeah 40 storm oh no i killed seven dudes you mean i gotta fail my battleshock test and lose five dudes because like you killed one of mine yeah storm aren't giving a shit but like maybe uh fulminators yeah fulminators are terrifying um but uh, it, it, that, that just straight-up ability where it's like, well, I'm at minus, let's look at Fulminators, for example. A unit of Fulminators, they charge in, they have base set Bravery 7, you have a board-wide minus 1 Bravery, um, and you gave them a permanent minus 1 Bravery from your uh, Sadness debuff. Well,
0: they're now bravery, bravery 5. Now,
2: now they're 4 yeah. with your... Well, no, no, you, you have a board-wide minus 1, and you Sadness them for 1. It's one on your turn, Alex. It's two oh, yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. Jeremy's turn. You right really here. need to remember this. This is the third time you've made that mistake. Uh, well,
0: well, 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 my, I'm, my bad. I, it only was relevant when, when, when yeah. it was his
2: turn. So you know the full minute. So they get targeted by this rule. They Somehow, so they pass a 2d6 less than 5. They're able to charge in, and then you are like, yeah, you just don't get to attack. So you yeah. have to roll for them to even be able to move. First of all, yeah. it's like, okay, I didn't get to move. All right, well, I'm gonna shoot with the ref. No, no, you don't get to shoot. Okay, well, I'm still in charge range. Okay, you made the charge. All right, now you just don't get to attack. It's just like,
0: I, like that's why- You like do it when they pile 24- in too. So great, you yeah. charged. Oh, oh, you can't pile in, sorry, dude.
2: Yeah. Um, so it's just like, it, it. it removes someone's ability to participate in the game. And that to me will create a negative experience. And while it's and honestly, it doesn't even feel like tactical. It's just straight up like, that unit is doing nothing. Yeah,
1: there, there are other abilities that do that, but there's spells, uh, and if we're talking 40k, they would be a psychic power, but there's but even things in the they, game those, that make you have to roll before you take an
2: action. But those are still fairly limited. Like, Course oh, yeah. is on a 5-up, not 2d6 beat beat a super debuff bravery. Like, um, so, like, it, like, think for, like, John a unit of Storm Burma with Bravery 5, undebuffed. Like, he, you just have to beat 5 on 2d6 to have your Storm Burma unit never do anything.
3: Yeah, it's the same problem of, like, any destruction unit. Basically. Yeah, it's Most just like,
2: like...
3: Bravery 6...
1: Yeah, that's yeah, a, so, it's army okay. by army, whereas demons don't care, right? It's army. Yeah, by army. So you, but you yeah. can
3: that's the problem, is you can make demons
0: care. Yeah, you that. make demons care. My my death army, you know, again, he did it to my Blade Ghost Revenants. Blade Revenants, like every death army. I did it to Kurtos. <laughs> exactly. Carlos wasn't able to swing twice after successfully being able to pile in. Um and so bravery ten army, when you start making them bravery seven and they start rolling two d six against seven. Like, and granted, it is a spell, which means you do have to cast it, but like we talked about in the last episodes, all you got to do is have techless there, plus the Haishin Twinstone uh, spell, and short, it's one Kalathar that you can make it uh, for, for one Aether Quartz once per game, or twice if you're the right nation, you can either make them plus one to cast or re-roll their casting, but they're already going to be plus one to six Casting in Most addition Most likely to, plus two on. And they cards. end. Most and likely get an artifact two.
3: that lets them re roll their first failed cast. Exactly. Every turn or
2: once per game? Every turn.
0: So, so on yeah, average, like, they're probably going to be a three to four to cast the spell.
2: So you're basically bringing those new uh, decreased point uh, night encanters for a once per game. It's a spell scroll, yeah, and yeah. like, like that's that's like your only or Nagash for his plus three unbind, but yeah, they're but at plus two to cast. So you're like, I'm you even at to, this you point. You have to unbind the Hish stones,
3: Uh because if yeah. you don't, uh, uh, and this is like what I, I was gonna, my ne- I'm gonna be playing with uh, with that tech list is the uh, city of Zytrek, and uh, every first cast a wizard makes in that army gets plus one to cast. So if an ish stone that's up and running, they're basically plus three to cast. Well, every wizard's basically plus three to cast, because the ish stones are fucking terribly written. Um well, we, terribly we talked ridden.
2: about this on the last episode. We and did. Even we did. if you played them in the less terrible way, you this just use really techless to just super you just use Teclas to supercharge that thing. Like, oh, well you use the plus two? Well then Teclas casts a spell at ten. Bumps it up to a two, and then they just use the plus two again. Like he gets yeah. four spells at ten. So it's just it's like whatever.
3: It's the promise that it doesn't reset to one when you use it.
2: it well, that's yes. to Two. But, that, but that's that, my point. That, is That we're, we're really we we're, <laughs>
0: we're,
2: were discussing last time that. E- but the thing is, is even if you do reset it to one, it, like ignoring how it's actually written and you know play it as probably it was intended. Well, it's was was probably just-
3: only used by one wizard per turn. Not yeah. every wizard in a 12 inch bubble. That's because it's a 30 point endless spell, guys. And it's yeah. basically, and it's predatory. It fucking moves. Uh, so it's just like this AoE, better version of Arcane Terrain spell. Uh, and uh, it was probably meant to be used by one wizard if they wanted to tap into the crystal. Not every, Is Z- Z-
0: Z- 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 uh, or the, 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 Z- the Zytrek uh, country? Um, yeah. We're forgetting. It's not plus one to your first casting, it's plus one to your first cast, to your first unbind, and your first dispelling role. Yeah, I was in gonna it, mention the other
2: half. In addition
0: question. to that, that country, in addition to that, that nation also, all their wizards, which are all of them. Everyone. Uh, or no, no, wizard heroes, wizard heroes, get to uh, oh. cast an additional spell. It's not cast an additional spell. They know an extra spell. Oh, they know, you know my apologies, know an extra I was spell. I like, no, oh, oh, it's toned <laughs> down, it's toned <laughs> down. It's toned they, down. Know, um, they know an extra spell. So one other thing that happened during this game, I gotta say, you guys, um, I was not aware of the price for these endless spells. Um, and they are so excellently costed. Uh, we found out today that the Soul Screen Bridge was the only one that went up in the journal's handbook. That's one of the generic ones that everyone can use. It went up to 100 points for some reason, but um, and I Our certainly cookies, wasn't using it.
3: It changes the entire makeup of some armies.
0: Okay. Yeah, cities
3: of
2: Sigmar. Cities of Sigmar. We're using it like candy. Fucking so. Skaven. were so, using. So
0: so I gotta tell you guys the the t- t- the twin stones of Hish or the Haishin twin stones. Um, we've talked about it for three episodes already. Um, it is 30 points. It for what it does. It is one of the most cost point-effective endless spells in the entire game. I If you guys can name one that's more point-effective, I'd be more than happy. To it's identify. really
3: point-effective because it's an army full of wizards.
0: It's, yeah. it's an army full of wizards, exactly. Um, but there's this other Even though it that, wasn't an army full of
2: wizards, let's be real here, it's 10 points cheaper than a bail win, so, and it just gives you plus one to casting every turn. So,
0: so there's another one where I actually well, got know, confused. No, at bare minimum. <laughs> There's another one that I actually got confused with Jeremy because of the way he, he was calling it the runes, which made me the rune, which made me think of the spell called the runes of petrification, which is seventy points. But instead, he was actually choosing to have the sanctum of a Mintok, uh, uh for use in order to protect Teclas from any sort of alpha alpha strike, whether it be uh, you know uh, a shoot cast or a KO or maybe a lucky deepkin player. I don't know. Uh, but when I was talking about this alpha strike, right, the sanctum of a Mintock is 30 points also, just like the twin height is stones. And that's the weird looking one where it's got runes on the model. So like Jeremy was certainly not wrong in a description of what the model is, but you know, it's casting level, uh, it's casting value seven. Uh, You can set it up and it's three different kind of long semi-curved pieces that you put around the unit that you have protected uh, with the Sanctum of a Mintoc. And uh, when you set it up, Set it up with wholly within three inches of the caster and more than three inches from other units. So you kind of set it up in a halo around your unit or, or around techlist essentially. Because quite frankly, you're going to be using this only on techlist I'm going to be completely real there. Um, then uh, the second on the cathalar because people
3: figure out the cathalar needs to die.
0: That's true. That's true. So you set it one sanctum. The sanctum sp- split up into three separate models. When you cast, you set the first one down wholly within three inches of the caster and outside of three of other units. Uh, um, then you set up the other two uh, so that the tips of the model are. or Wait, so that the tip of each model is touching the tip of a different model from the unit or endless spell. Yeah, just each model. A circle. You need to make a circle. What if you What if you can't because of techless? What and you, you can't set you, it up. It's designed for him. <laughs> it's. It's. Yeah. Doesn't look that big. It doesn't. It doesn't look like. Yeah, that's, that's what big. it says in the Warmer Community page. It's like it's designed for him. I don't know if he could fit there. I'm looking at the picture of the model. I don't know if that's going to be relevant. Um, however, I, I would really love, I would really love for him, his base not to legally fit that. Um, so as long as the Sanctum of mintock remains on the battlefield, the Caster and the Sanctum of amintak are treated as being a single model from the Caster's army that uses the Caster's War Scroll as well as the Endless Spells rules. So on a Kalathar, you essentially make a huge footprint instead. Um... Uh, uh, it is treated as an enemy model by the opposing player. If the m- caster is slain, the sanctum is immediately dispelled and removed from play along with the caster. If the sanctum is dispelled and the caster has not been slain, remove the endless spell and uh, leave the caster on the battlefield. I like how they specify that. But so here's it's, the it's thing. like bailwind
2: or anything like.
0: That. It's like bailwind But there's here's the real the, the the meat of it is just the final bit on the war scroll, and it says, first of all, subtract one from hit rolls and add one to the save rolls for attacks targeting that model. So for 30 points, you can make one of your guys plus one save and minus one to hit just immediately for 30 points and Cassie value seven, which is never gonna be an issue for a Lumineth Army. Uh, in addition, at the end of the combat phase, if this model is targeted by, an enemy, uh, by any enemy that attacks it um, uh, during that phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of this model. On a one to three, nothing happens. On a four to five, that unit suffers uh, one mortal wound. On a six, they suffer D3 mortal wounds. So let's, let's remember, like for our audience here, for 30 points, this spell adds one to the caster's armor save, makes them minus one to hit. And if anything hurts it or gets near it, it can do mortal wounds. All for 30 points. Garrett and John, I feel like this is broken, you guys.
3: Why? It's really that's it's not the that's not the that's their like response or lack of. thereof. That's for well, my I, I mean like it's it's not that broken.
0: <laughs> it's not dude, that it's,
3: it's broken, it's just like
2: yeah. it's ridiculous. It's just it's just it's just what it's it's like it's just a tiny piece that's just like, oh, let's just add it on top of all this other absurdity. I don't yeah, know. I, I like you have problem
3: I feel like that one's fine as long as it's not on tech. One. The problem is, it's on tech. It yeah, it's, it's on, on exactly. It's like uh, it's, it's not on tech
2: list. I, mean, I like I'm comparing it to the bailwind It's like, oh, the bailwind gives you know plus one save. The bailwind equivalent. And win. plus, it's like, but that's forty points, and it's like, but it you know gives six inches of range, additional cast. Okay, this gives you minus one to hit, and plus yeah. one save. It's like, yeah. oh, what, why it,
0: is it, 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 and it doesn't keep you in one place. You can move around with it. Oh geez, yeah. So this this and, reminds me of Petrifics, oh. like pet, like why
2: did GW toss both a defensive and offensive buff on the same faction? Like because they knew that they, they knew that Zay. the
0: defensive buff, no bu- they knew the defensive bu- uh, the buff, I can't talk in nine months wasn't gonna matter because they knew that Luminoth were gonna come out. Oh my gosh, but like, why
2: did like? why did they toss both an extra rend and a save? Like, why do you need both a minus one to hit and a plus one save and doing mortal wounds to people near you? Like, it, it's just absurd. Like, it's just not necessary. Like, the, yeah. mi- the plus one save would have been enough, but now also a minus one to hit. It's just like... In the for the
3: at home. Uh, I want to point out that, like, I haven't unleashed the full, like, fucking bullshit combos out of the book yet on Alex. This was just, like, my favorite one which was the bravery debuff because it's been like one of my favorite all-time armies from 40k was my sixth edition harlequins uh which used to do very similar mechanics with like leadership debuff uh and then basically making your opponents like units not move or like uh literally just auto killing a hero which uh you can kind of do with uh, the luminous as well but it's like really for lower count moon models um the there is some additional combos because we we really, I don't want to focus too much on like the bravery mechanics. There's more combos in the book that are like very interesting to look at. And I know you know I'm gonna hear the peanut gallery, like, blah. But a couple of things to keep in mind about the army A, it's a one, they're mostly all one-win models with four I've saved. Most of their mechanics only work in um like in some extent uh in the combat. Some of them does work defensively in the shoot, like shining company. Shining Company is an interesting thing, which, you know, has a huge defensive bonus, which is minus one to be hit if you're in Shining Company. And the requirement is every, unit, every model in the unit needs to be touching two other models. But you can't run, you can't charge, and you can only pile in uh, one inch. Um, which, by the way, doesn't really matter too much if you put a charge mechanic because you can break out, a career and out of Shining Company formation, during your move phase. Won't be able to run but you can still charge back into uh, Shining Company formation or power back into Shining Company formation. But it is removes the ability to run, uh, which in a couple of games we played, the two games we played, I'm like, God damn it, why do I keep going in Shining Company right at the start of the game? I can just run the first. It prevented me from running the first turn to get up. You field. could run into Shining Company. Right. But, you know, I've also been playing Alex with the Night Hunt second round. I'm like, well, he could just, I, he could take. you know, he could alpha strike me if he wanted to a first round, but I don't that's probably a stupid night it's a really bad move on night mm-hmm. um and then um there is the Alarif uh stone guard which can basically uh uh you know that's the hammer the really silly looking helmet horn uh, horn helmet that basically have uh the ability to st- ignore the game with min- uh, ignoring minus one rent so and they are two wounds but they are not wizards so that's uh that's and they're incredibly slow like we're talking dwarf slow. They're four inch movement versus six. Uh, so that's a big, uh, that's a big, uh, you know, drastic change, uh, uh, you know, for a model to go. Uh, but they are like a hundred points for like five models. So they're, they're effectively affordable. Um, but the, the things that make them uh, what Alex is not talking about in terms of let's ignore like these kind of like that feels bad mechanics. If you just remove this out of the game for, for uh, Luminev, you still have, a really, really powerful, like mechanically speaking, army. The yeah. battalions are phenomenal because there is no tax in them. They're all really well designed. The Aurelian uh, Battle Legion is a uh, two-venary spearman, two-venary uh, Bowmen, and then one uh, Cathalar. Which, if you don't, if you play Luminef, even if they add more units, and you're not playing the Cathalar, you're playing him wrong because they have terrible bravery. They're only Bravery 6 for the most part. Bravery
0: 6 and 7 for the most part, outside of characters. It's,
3: and so you need the Cathar during battle Battleshock because you're not exactly a CP generating mad ha- Madhouse. Um, and the, Venera, the all the Venera units are of Shining Company as a, a allegiance mechanic, so they can all be there. The Bowmen are incredibly powerful. The Wardens are incredibly powerful. And that's mostly because they're wizards and they have the ability to do mortal wounds on 6s and a spell that bust it to a five-up. The Bowmen's then shooting. Uh, bowmen can shoot out of line of sight in 30-inch range. Incredibly powerful, once again. It uh, helps you snipe out heroes. The battalion itself gives you reroll ones, basically Mystic Shield for free, as long as they're in range of another uh, unit from the battalion within three inches. So, hey, who doesn't like Mystic Shield for free? Uh, <laughs> and um, then the the Alari of Stone Temple, another great... Uh, Battalion is uh, one of the Stone Cows, uh, one of the uh, Stone Mages, which is that really funky looking guy, like basically balancing himself on the top, and then one to three units of Stone Guard. And the the benefit from them is uh, they get to reroll saves, but do not get to. I think they can only pile in one inch if they do that. But most Alara units are never going to pile in, at least the Stone Guards, because of a couple other rules that prevents them from piling in. But they get an additional bonus. But having a four-up save mo- uh, unit that can reroll saves, ignore rent characteristic of one, and also spend an ether quartz to get plus one save, all of a sudden you're looking at uh, basically this incredibly tough, like center uh, center unit, uh, and they're two wounds a pop, so like they can kind of survive mortal wounds in mechanic a little bit. Uh, but I think what takes the icing on the cake uh, is if you're uh, if you're like me and Alex isn't really talking about it. Uh, there's another spell that uh, Luminif get, which makes a unit ethereal, which is ignore modifiers mm-hmm. to saves. Yep. So making a re-rollable stone 4-up uh, save unit, you know, they already ignore minus one Ren, but in case you're fighting something really deadly, like ignoring Ren and just having a re-rollable save is incredibly fucking terrifying. Like it's hard to unlodge a 4-up save that's re-rollable uh, and ignores Ren. So that's sca- that's another scary mechanic. one company. Oh, wait, they, they don't, don't get, get Shining Company. They don't want to get Shining Company. Oh, oh. They get Tectonic Force, which allows them... And this actually rule yes. I dislike. I think this is a bad rule from purely perspective of gameplay. Uh, not from a negative uh, gameplay mechanic, as Gare puts it, but as an uh, it slows down the game too much. Because at the end of the combat phase, you can move your opponent's un- one unit in combat over them one- an- away by one inch. And then you can pile in that one inch. But it's just like... The, the time it takes to do that is just going to slow down the game so much. It's just annoying. Um, they also generate uh, mortal wounds on sixes to hit uh, the Estonian, but they do not get a uh, Sun Weapon, so they don't get to buff them up uh, by any uh, ways or another. I don't know. Like, for me, there's just some mechanically speaking, you remove techless, you remove uh, some of those obscene power-ups we talked about earlier, And you just look at those units and their combos, just battalions alone, and that army is just phenomenal. Um, Now, I've dominated the airwaves enough. Uh, I know my co-host, John, is uh, looking forward to uh, reading his (laughs) – he's actually not listening to anything we're saying. He's just really wants to be surprised for tomorrow. He's just more happy that his
1: You're you're absolutely right, actually. I have the volume down. I'm a little tuned out. I'm super bummed I don't have my book in hand, but I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it tomorrow. That's okay. The units we've al- I've already looked at. Like we looked at them last week. We we got a preview uh, off the internet, so we've kind of seen that. Uh, I'm mostly looking forward to uh, diving through the fluff and and the stuff yeah. you spoiled at me at the beginning of the show, there, Jeremy. Oh, that was just a
0: small that. That for the record a- to 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 make it to make you feel better about that. That was only like a small sliver. Uh, I don't know how much he read through. I only read through like like a paragraph or two. There's a lot there. <laughs> Um, yeah. And like I said, like you said, like, I mean, you know, when you look at the book, there's only really maybe 10 pages of rules. Chapter one, the age of myth. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is where John just signs off. And, uh, you know, there is, there's 96 pages and maybe 10 to 12 that are rules. So, you know, it's helpful. It's a, it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's a taste. It's 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 a taste and I would love for them to just be like oh hey we fucked up on this one let's completely redo it and balance it out Um,
1: This this (laughs) might match my, my rate of building Age of Sigmar armies if they actually release an army maybe two or three units at a time give me six months to build and paint those units and then just release another book that maybe takes those three and adds three more units on it maybe a year and a half cycle to get a whole battle tome out that could work out well for me I don't know
0: That's good I agree, I agree. Uh, we're, we're, we're gonna have to see how this army goes. So, I, I, so just a, a minor thought,
1: because you've got me more, more curious about this. Do you think that we're really gonna see a more expanded battle tome? Or are yeah. we looking more like at the four chaos gods of, uh, of elves?
3: I think, I think we're gonna have campaigns. Well, I think we were supposed to have a campaign this summer uh, for AOS, and I don't think it came out, but I'm guessing they're gonna trickle in like campaign books until next summer hmm. uh, around Thanksgiving starting line. That's what I imagine them doing. And then they're gonna release, uh, I think the culmination of the Luminous book and models will be for Christmas effectively. that's just, um, Yeah, because
1: if you look at Stormcast, they released a book and then they added units through like starter boxes, yep. um, white dwarf releases, and I, I forget if there was something else. And campaign. then released a new book that compiled all those together again.
0: So, so I think that this is their way of creating more Order Army content without... So, so with, with uh, Stormcast, you know, they have different chambers. And they have a finite number of chambers. And each time one's open in, in the story, there's a whole new line of extra Stormcast to, to add to your roster. So yes. I think that with this, I, I don't expect it to be something that comes out... And I would be shocked if it comes out the next year uh in the next six months um for me i'm like okay uh minimum 18 months maximum 36 months we'll see yeah. a new real uh, luminous battle uh, realm lord battle I, think, I don't think so with five and five to six new models and now we have zenith and river no yes, it's that, well,
3: it's because remember the 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 last campaign book which was when Archeon found slanesh and attempted to free her figured out that like his corn head can break the chains yeah, yeah, uh, I know. Oh, right. Well, in the Luminate book, they're basically like, where the fuck are you, uh, Tyrion? Like, come help us. So like the campaign is gonna progressively turn into Archeon after coming back and beating the shit out of uh, Catacross and uh, Catacross being like, aha, all part of my master plan. Yeah, exactly. I'll be
0: back. The most DBZ uh, fucking, yeah.
3: Goddamn, like, worst. I. Uh, oh, well, so that's an yeah. interesting like, storyline. No, that's super come. disappointing. Uh, so, the point is that, like, so Teclas has to go back and, like, reevaluate, like, go find, like, Tyrion, basically, which is the whole point of, like, the the premise of the book, which is, like, Tyrion goes to find Teclas, and then now it's, like, Teclas has to go find Tyrion because they need to prevent Archeon from freeing Slash, which is obviously going to be inevitable. Slash is going to be freed because that's the Games Workshop, and they want to continue that, like, narrative uh, that Chaos is never really defeated. Uh, and uh and then eventually we'll see Melarium. So I think it's gonna be like rotating. You're gonna see Luminous and then you'll see I don't know what they're gonna call the Shadow Elves, but they already released a Warcry war band form, so why not like a regular army form? There's yeah. there, there there is Shadow Elves in the in the upcoming Warcry release. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, see a, I mean they they've they've described them as Marathi's assassins, but they're shadow elves. Like <laughs> they look <laughs> a whole hell of a lot like Shadow Elves.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: So I'm looking at I think I think by the end of the year you'll see like a a bit another big model and like expansion to Luminiv. Because this this was supposed to be the year of the elves. Like they yeah. said that like last year. Right? And then when they announced it again this year for when they dropped Teclus at LVO, they were like, This is gonna be the year of the Elves. I'm like, Yeah, this this year for Elves really sucks if this is literally the <laughs> only kids we're getting. <laughs>
2: I mean, what, what I found interesting was, um, so the General's Handbook they mentioned was written before Cities of Sigmar. So Cities of Sigmar forward have to be updated via an FAQ. So that means it was written last, Sept- it was gone to print last September, but um, the Giants and Lumineth are in the General's Handbook. So that means they knew that these things would be coming out. They giants were supposed to come out before the general's handbook, but you know, COVID 2020, 2020 has been a fine year. So,
0: okay. Well, real quick, uh, you know, with that too, it's not been a fine year for releases, but it's been a fine year for content. And, uh, you know, we do want to remind people again that, uh, us for we are going to be you know transitioning out of the wide world of wargaming um, and we are going to be uh, you know producing a new media network. Uh, it's going to be called In Your Phase. We're going to have podcasts and a lot of other content as well. So we're going to have a few more announcements later on in the next couple of weeks with a lot more information of that. But you know we also are uh, Jeremy and I are going to be on the. Uh, the AOS rant cast for Mr. Meff. And that's going to be on... Uh, and Garrett, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Sunday the 26th. Is that right?
2: Yeah, so um, Mr.
0: Mr. Mephisto, Mr.
2: Meff, he's running a 27-hour charity cast to raise charity for uh, mental health issues, I believe it is. And uh, so he has scheduled um, Jeremy and Alex to be on 8 a.m. Central, because uh, that's where Mr. Meff is, on Sunday, the 26th of July. The, the charity cast starts at, I believe, noon uh, central on the 25th and goes until 1 p.m. on the – it starts at 10 a.m. on the 25th and goes till 1 p.m. on the 26th. And so they will be – these guys will be slotted in at the 8 a.m. slot on the 26th. I look forward to it. You think of it yeah.
1: as a slot, but I actually am thinking that more that is a celebration of the new In Your Phase podcast <laughs> yeah. as our last episode will be the Friday before you guys record. So Matthew, What you record on Mr. Meth, that'll be the absolute first recording of members of the In Your Phase podcast as In Your Phase.
3: Yeah, That's I, true.
0: That's I will true. somehow have a
3: head full of hair
0: <laughs> uh, you'll be in a business suit yeah it's like uh, what, what really war shaven. gaming
3: was sucking all my hair out uh no i'm looking forward to it and then
1: alex is gonna what wear country rock t-shirts
0: <laughs> oh dude cut off the <laughs> sleeves and everything i have a wicker hat I, i'll fucking wear it next episode i swear to god um i i do
3: i i do hope we eventually sell like little bottles of uh alex's uh, salt <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so you got to collect the tears and then that's you got to refine the oh my salt God. out okay, of no, the tears no, no, no.
0: that's what we're doing i know there's like a terrarium shop down the street and it's got like a stuff for like uh for uh, the plants that like don't need soil and stuff like that the air plants and they definitely have like tiny little friggin yep vials oh man
3: get some jacob the and salt put in there it'd be nice dealing this well we got it we got
0: so you just get hard. a
2: bucket. so what you do is you get a bucket you collect the tears and then you got to go take those tears and refine the salt out I, of those tears and then you put the salt in the vials and then you sell the vials full of
1: i mean it's going to be salt, salt. Here, do you know how to refine salt out of tears no not at all not if even. you have a bucket bit. of tears you just let it sit there yeah. and eventually it's just a bucket of salt
3: you know <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's just like buying a uh, bathwater from uh, your favorite streamer. Uh, <laughs> you'll find this in
0: OnlyFans. Okay, you know oh. what? We're 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 done here. We're, we're no, no, we're not. We're not gonna. Oh man, I forgot. That's a special about that.
1: special special engagement for Jeremy only, guys. You can look. <laughs>
0: yeah. up. Okay, so Jeremy's uh, uh, OnlyFans account is the. The French Overlord, uh, the, the the French D6 Overlord, the French and, D6 yeah. Revolution is made. Uh, you'll it. be able to buy his bathwater. Um, yeah, please. I don't recommend drinking it because you know we're still in a pandemic, but uh, you know if you want be to be sealed in drink, a
1: vial for your own safety.
0: You to, <laughs> yeah, just, just let it sit around for two weeks and then you'll. Be I, safe. I
3: recommend using it as I uh, uh, I don't know broth. I hate this <laughs> so much.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> It's very exotic, you guys. It's foreign. It's, uh, it's, uh, inter- it's international. It's, exotic. it's French. Uh, it's French. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, uh, if you guys uh, want to, you know, like, and subscribe on Podbean or Facebook or Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts for the wide world of war gaming, again, there's still the 40 K and the uh, X wing segments that are, well up and running, so do be sure to listen in on them as well for some great content. Uh, in the meantime, this is going to be Alex, uh, John, Garrett, and Jeremy. signing off for the evening. Yeah, phase uh, come, uh, come water watch
3: Alex play on Sunday.
0: Oh yes, and I'm I'll boil be Boil right. the bath water. Boil the bath water.
3: I'll have the bath ready for him. <laughs> have a good night, everyone. <laughs>